Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Catafimo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I want to thank Ian Edward Nielsen for making his way back onto the show uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I almost said last week. It's kind of weird having a more consistent schedule, but uh, I'm hoping to put out more episodes now, a little bit more frequently uh, since baseball season is over. We've got a lot to talk about, regardless of just baseball, uh, just to kind of give you an update on what's going to happen with this show currently due to COVID-19. Also, I hope everybody's doing good out there. Uh, We're in a really weird time right now, but uh, I I hope everybody's staying safe. So what's going to happen with the show is we are going to shift into a more global kind of sports. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Angels. Baseball is going to be at the forefront of the conversation. And then Jim and I are going to sort of transition into talking about more football, basketball, maybe some soccer, some other sports and stuff that's going on. Because there are things that are going on. Uh, and we want to make sure that we cover them because baseball right now and basically every other sport is currently not going on. And we want to make sure that we provide uh, some pretty interesting commentary on stuff that we usually don't get to comment on. But today uh, I had a talk to a fantasy genius or a fantasy guru, as a lot of people would call him, uh, Vlad Sedler of the Elite Fantasy Network, more specifically FantasyGuru.com. You can find him on Twitter at Roto. Jesus. You find him on Twitter at Rotogut, R-O-T-O-G-U-T, on Twitter. Go follow him. He's great. It was a great interview. We talked about a lot. We talked about the baseball season being postponed. We talked about some Angels fantasy value. We talked about fantasy baseball in general. Uh, We talked about maybe who might be the face of baseball in a few years. It was a great conversation. Vlad is really, really fun to talk to, and hopefully we'll have him on the show again once baseball season starts. I also, again, want to thank my guest from... Tuesday, which was Ian Edward Nielsen, or whenever I uploaded that episode. But uh, today, we've got a great episode for you, a phenomenal interview. Again, Jim will be back. We're going to record today, so today is Thursday, so we'll have another episode up for you on Friday. Welcoming Jim back onto the show. Uh, I had a couple interviews set up that I really were excited about. So the last three episodes, including this one, so these previous three episodes, definitely go check them out. Some great interviews. Uh, And with that, I do want to say, if you're interested in advertising, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, that's exactly where you can find the company just in general. We have a bunch of great shows on this network. I'm a huge fan of the 49ers podcast. I'm a big Niners fan. I love Eric Davis and what those guys are doing over there. So go check that out. Uh, they're a, a bunch of podcasts. I mean, they, we cover a lot here. We just introduced a Padres show with Heath Bell, former uh, all-star closer for the San Diego Padres. That's really cool. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk with him at some point. So that show just launched. If you're a Padres fan or you want some some more perspective on baseball, go check out Heath Bell's show, Believe in Padres, on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, again, social media is at Believe Podcast. We do have some sort of subcategories on Instagram. Uh, we have Believe Sports. I think we have like Believe Business and stuff like that. So go check out those accounts. We're sort of centralizing a lot of our, our stuff. Uh, and then obviously Believe Networks on uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And those are our general uh, social medias. Mine is at intern underscore Phil on Twitter. Again, somebody tweet at me. If I don't already know you or we already have it or, or we haven't already talked on social media or in person, whatever. Tweet at me an Angels question, and I promise I'll send you something cool in the mail. Again, don't expect like a Mike Trout jersey, but it'll be Angels-related, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So go check that out. Um, uh, go check me out. I should say not go check that out. Go. I'm on Twitter. I'm going to stop rambling. 
Look, intern underscore Phil, tweet at me. Don't tweet at me. It's fine. I'm on there. It's available. Sir James Radio, I think 74 is Jim's on Twitter. You can find him as well. And again, my guest today, Vlad Sedler of the Elite Fantasy Network, fantasyguru.com. Twitter, Roto Gut. Go check it out and enjoy this interview with Vlad Sedler. I am joined by Vlad Sedler of the Elite Fantasy Network. Vlad is a genius when it comes to fantasy baseball and I believe fantasy football as well. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at RotoGut. Vlad, thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. Appreciate it. So as we all know, COVID-19 is going around and I ask all my, I've kind of become, it's become a habit now to just ask every single guest, have you been passing the time with this crisis going on? Uh, most important thing is I'm just staying busy, just uh, continuing to, um, you know, just, just work and um, you know, spend time with family and uh, really try to limit the amount of news that uh, I take in. Just, just sort of have that uh, one hour a day where I'm, I'm consuming information or watching something. So definitely keeping myself busy. Um, and with baseball, you know, it was just that, that one day a few weeks ago where, um, you know, the sadness of that part of things really sort of hit me. And then I just jumped back on it because when there is a season, I want to be uh, fully ready, ready to go when they go. Now, how are you preparing for the season? Because right now we're kind of in this weird period where there may or may not be baseball. And I know a lot of people are watching old games or maybe just keeping up on the stats or, or last year's stats, I, I should say. Oh, how have you been able to keep up with baseball with technically no baseball going on? Yeah, it's it's a bit more difficult. Uh, you know, I usually start my preparation uh, about a month after the World Series ends, uh, start getting going in December, and, and I do all my own player projections probably for about 600-plus players. Uh, at this point, uh, through the early part of March, I myself had done about 15 uh, fantasy drafts. So at that point, I was really ready to go, and obviously we're uh, completely pivoting here. And now a lot of it is just uh, assumptions and an analysis of what, sort of um, changes are made to uh, the player pool, uh, where players should be drafted, and how players will be used based on the potential of an 80- or 100-game season. So if, you know, uh, theoretically we start in July, how does that affect uh, everyone altogether? And I think in some cases, like, for example, uh, the Oakland A's, uh, Jesus Lazardo or the Dodgers, uh, Julio Urias, uh, two um, stud starting pitchers, who were going to have basically an innings limit. And now that changes. If they're going to be pitching a lot less innings, those are the type of guys that uh, can be pushed up um, in, in comparison to other players. There are a lot of question marks sort of surrounding the what we may get this season. And, and like you said, with you know a guy like Julio Urias, uh, a guy who is, is trying to really cement himself in the starting rotation, I'll ask you this. We'll start off. Uh, if we are in a shortened season, uh, who do you think is going to benefit and who do you think is going to have more of a negative effect on that? You know, I think in the beginning it's going to be tough for for pitchers to ramp back up because my assumption is they'll probably get uh, we'll probably get a two week period of uh, you know once we sort of get a, a somewhat all clear uh, have a couple week period of a sort of um, you know curtailed spring training uh, part two and uh, you know I think that's something that might just hurt the pitchers in general. What it's really going to hurt from a fantasy perspective most likely are just starting pitchers in general with the wins category because that is one of the standard categories in uh, in traditional leagues. And there could be a possibility that that first month of the season, these guys aren't going to be expected to go six, seven innings, even some of the horses. So you may see some of these guys falling short and just going in there for four, you know, two-thirds. 
uh, getting pulled and losing that chance of the win, and you're going to have a lot of these sort of either the six starters or the uh, the multi-inning relievers that come in and vulture those wins. So I think that's um, probably the first thing top of my head is affecting the starting pitchers. Do you think if we have a you know a, a, a shortened season, do you think that the usual top performers like a Mike Trout or a Mookie Betts or even like a, an Aaron Judge, are, are they going to continue to be top options? And we're going to jump into fantasy here. Uh, do you think they're going to continue to be top options uh, this season with, with a possible shortened season? Yeah, you know, a lot of it, the way I would, I would probably look at it with those, those top hitters is, I mean, yes. I mean, you, you want the guys that are going to uh, produce across the board in all categories. Uh, and then, you know, really there are a lot of guys out there that uh, are, are very streaky. You know, the guys with the, um, you know, with the long swings or just, just players, the, the power hitters who, you know, they don't hit for contact, but they'll uh, go on a couple weeks slump and then they'll get hot and hit a bunch of home runs. Um, I'm looking for more of the guys that can hit for contact. Those are the guys that I feel will be less affected. So somebody like Mike Trout can put up, you know, amazing stats over uh, an 80 or 100 game period and, and just kind of stay hot throughout. Um, but those longer prolonged slumps, I think, are going to be affected. You know, the type of guys that, you know, could hit 30 plus home runs or, uh, but don't necessarily hit for average. Maybe somebody like a, like a Travis Shaw, the Blue Jays comes to mind. Uh, so if fantasy baseball started today, you know, talking about what you just said, who is your first pick? You know, that hasn't changed at all. It, it, it's really tough. I mean, it, the way it's been is since December, since people have started drafting, even back in November, it's been pretty close between Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout, and Christian Yelich. Uh, right now, Ronald Acuna is still my number one, and a lot of that just has to do with the fact that and he uh, he steals a lot of bases. He may not get the uh, the stolen base opportunities that he got last year, but he was on his way to to forty forty, and obviously he fell short there. But that's sort of the main difference between him and, and someone like Mike Trout is you know Trout isn't running as much as he is uh, or as much as he used to, and we just don't know how much he's going to run uh, coming up here. And although you'll probably get a better batting average from somebody like Mike Trout, I mean he's the guy that is going to consistently hit over three hundred. You may not bank on that from Acuna. You'll probably get similar power from the two, but you get that extra stolen base boost from Acuna. Uh, and then with Yelich, it's just a matter of, um, you know, he, his previous injuries from last year. His season was cut short last year. He's had back and knee problems, and that's the only concern. Otherwise, I would probably have him first. But at this point, for me, it would be Acuna, then Trout, and then Yelich. Uh, what do you think this is going to, or what does a shortened season mean for fantasy owners, just in general? Man, it's a, it's a lot of um, uncertainty, really. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that have done a lot of drafts. A lot of people have, have really slowed down. And, and uh, you know, to be honest, I, I see a lot of people that were gung-ho and, and just so excited for the season. And, and you know, all of these, these websites that are just have been gaining so much traction and excitement before the season, a lot of that has slowed down. You know, traffic has been down. Businesses are in trouble. A lot of people are worried, frankly, about uh, their lives and their jobs, as they should be. Uh, this is a, obviously a very scary time. And so uh, it, it's, it, I guess it really depends on, on people. There are obviously a lot of us that are still talking baseball and, and making sure that we are ready when the season comes. But uh, it's honestly, it's a really tough, uh, tough place to be in. I think all we're really hoping for is that, you know, this, this curve starts getting flattened and, and things are going to get better in the next few weeks and that uh, we will end up at least getting some baseball this 
Yeah, I feel like at, at this point, some baseball is better than absolutely no baseball. Uh, last year, we had such a um, – I think last year was probably the most fun I had watching baseball last year, especially the home run derby, you know, with Pete Alonso and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. going at it. And I hate that we, we may be taken away from that. But kind of going into my next question here regarding Pete Alonso and Vladimir Guerrero, we had a phenomenal, in my opinion, rookie class last year. Who do you think is the most susceptible to a sophomore slump this year? Uh, that's, uh, that's a good question. I think one of the things um, that, at least for myself, the one guy I'm worried about a little bit is, is, is Pete Alonzo. And not necessarily that uh, he is going to all of a sudden stink. It's just a matter of his current market value. Uh, you know, in, in ADP, uh, which is a, you know, obviously an average draft position, he's going pretty high in drafts. He's going about uh, 30th, 35th overall, which is uh, you know, pretty much a, a second, third-round pick. And it's basically based on one season of performance. And obviously he led the, the you know, the, the NL with uh, 50 plus homers, had an amazing season. Uh, but you're sort of thinking on similar performance. And this is also a guy that is, you know, not necessarily the best uh, uh, average hitter. So, you know, when you're looking at somebody like him in comparison to Matt Olson, who you get 30 picks later, or Reese Ho- Hoskins on the Phillies, you could probably get 80 picks later or even an old-school vet who uh, is among the top home run leaders over the last decade in Edwin and Encarnacion of the White Sox, I mean, he's going 180th overall. So just in comparison to uh, where other power hitters are going, uh, to Alonzo and the hype that he gets, he's probably the first guy that I'd worry about. Um, another might be Alex Verdugo. Uh, you know, big change of scenery there uh, for him there. Actually has been one of my favorite prospects in the Dodgers system for the last few years. Um, it's really just the fact that he's uh, come back so slowly from that injury. So um, as long as he's good to go and he's healthy, um, he is pretty cheap in fantasy, uh, going after pick 200 overall. So uh, there is a lot of hope with him. But I think probably Alonzo would be the first guy I'd worry about. Talking about more rookies here, let's 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 do this. Uh, in five years, okay, who do you think is going to have the better career, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Fernando Tatis Jr.? Oh man, that's uh, that's a fantastic question. Career-wise, I'm going to say Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, Fantasy-wise, it might be Fernando Tatis because he's one of those guys. He was on pace for 30-30 last year. Um, Obviously had a a little bit of uh, help in his batting average with a very high uh, batting average in balls in play last year. So I don't think a lot of people are necessarily expecting him to be a 300 hitter again. Uh, On the flip side, Vladimir Guerrero is right now uh, just on – most standard projection systems is, uh, even though he's only played, what, you know, 100 games in his career, right. he's up there among the projected leaders for, uh, for batting average. So I don't think he's really come into his own. I think he had a little bit of a, a rough go that first uh, year. And, um, you know, I, I just expect really, really big things for him. Uh, I don't necessarily think he'll step up and be a 40 home run hitter off the bat, uh, but I think he's somebody that uh, is really going to follow in his, in his dad's footsteps and uh, prove to be a, a fantastic player. So realize him, uh, but in fantasy, I think it's a lot closer and it might be the team. That's really funny because I had a, a gentleman from a YouTube channel called Foolish Baseball, and I asked him the same question. He actually had it reversed. He said Fernando Tatis was going to have the better career uh, than Vladdy Guerrero. So who knows? Maybe in about five years we'll, we'll see who was correct at the end of it. Uh, the Houston Astros, obviously the scandal is, is not at all uh, a secret anymore. Uh, do you think that this scandal is going to at all affect the fantasy value of a guy like Jose Altuve who usually goes very, very high 
in uh, most fantasy drafts, I would assume, or at least in my leagues, they he did, uh, or even in Alex Bregman, or even a Justin Verlander, are the usual sort of heavy hitters for the Houston Astros. Do you think this World Series scandal might affect some of their value? So after that scandal, late February, early March, there was a significant discount on almost all of these Astros guys. It was pretty uh, pretty unbelievable. So somebody like an Alex Bregman, who was traditionally going in the first round, at the back end of the first round, somewhere between 10 to 15 overall, I saw him go around pick 25 in draft. So uh, obviously that's a, that's a big drop-off there. Uh, same thing with uh, Jose Altuve. Uh, he's somebody that usually goes between 30 and 40 overall this year. I've seen him. I picked him up in the league at 55 overall right after that. So it was just uh, you know that uh, concern um, uh, about about it all. Um, about as far as the other guys, you know, George Springer didn't really see that much of a drop off. It was very slight. Somebody like Carlos Correa is already coming at a discount, going around pick 90, 100 overall. So uh, someone, somebody like that, doesn't necessarily see a drop off. And then with Verlander, it's really just the health, right? Because uh, you know now. Um, he should be go be good to go uh, by the time we are uh, ready to hopefully get started in, in July. But this is a guy that was basically a back end first rounder who uh, has now has jumped all over the place and all over the board. And um, you know, and obviously there's a little bit of that karma too. Uh, people don't necessarily want to be loaded up on a bunch of Astros guys, worried about them potentially getting uh, maybe hit or beamed, um, you know, possibly getting injured. But I think everything that's happened uh, over the last month has really sort of, um, obviously there's nothing good that is coming out of this, but I think if anything, it's taken a lot of the attention off the Astros. And when we get back to the season, uh, I'm sure that'll be a topic again, but it won't be at the height uh, that it, it was in late February, early March. What about the Boston Red Sox? We don't necessarily have a punishment set out just yet. I know that uh, Commissioner Manfred is still sort of sorting that out or waiting for a good time to release it. I don't know what he's waiting for. But guys like Xander Bogarts, who are, again, a very, very high pick, Chris Sale as well, uh, the looming possibility of not keeping those guys in your league, is that also going to affect more on the Red Sox side of their fantasy value? Yeah, I mean, people react to – news very very quickly like you know you you've got somebody that's uh, competing for the number five you know, job as a starter all of a sudden you know josh james on the astros has an amazing uh spring training outing and the manager's talking about him potentially getting that five spot he's going to get an automatic bump uh people that are drafting um especially in in some of the uh the paid leagues like yeah, nfbc like people are very uh, very in tune to what's going on. So as soon as anything happens, any type of news that might occur with the Red Sox before a hopefully half-season starts will impact that ADP on these guys almost immediately. Uh, you know, obviously, guys like Bogarts, even J.D. Martinez, it doesn't matter. It, it, just based on assumptions alone, there's going to be a drop-off, um, unfortunately, on these guys. And, and, hey, I think it's up to each of us individually to decide uh, – is is there enough of a discount that it's worth taking these guys? Because if uh, J.D. Martinez is now all of a sudden falling to the third or fourth round, uh, I'm very interested. At that point, I'm just, uh, you know, like stocks, I'm just, just scooping them up low and, and you know, buying, buying as many shares as I can. You know, you could see a lot of that. You make a really, really good point. I was going to say that you could have the reverse effect of that and finding a guy like Rafael Devers late when you really need a good third baseman, a good young player, especially in a in a in like a keeper league or a league that spans a few years. Finding a guy like that very late because of all this speculation, okay, it may possibly possibly not be able to use him this year, but 
next year or the year after, I've got a top-level player that I got really cheap. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's what will probably happen. I mean, any sort of news like that, if there's going to be an instant overreaction, just like we saw with the Astros. These players' prices are going to drop, and then, hey, I mean, I think they'll be, I think they'll be just fine. I would love to uh, to pick up some Red Sox, especially that division. Uh, if you look at the pitching there, outside of the Tampa Bay Rays, the AL East is bad. I mean, you know, obviously they they have Chris Sale themselves, and he's out for the year and everything. But the rest of that, I mean, look at the Blue Jays' rotation. The Orioles, one of the worst in baseball. The Yankees without Severino, Paxson was hurting. So there's a there's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of great stats to be had in the AL East. So I got one more question for you before we start talking about the Angels, because of course we are a uh, Angels podcast, and Vlad happens to have a very convenient Angels-related name. Uh, so we we're seeing a lot of two-way players, uh, like a Shohei Otani pitches and hits, Michael Lorenzen in Cincinnati, another guy pitches and hits. Where does the fantasy value for those guys? Because while they may not be on the mound every day, a guy like Michael Lorenzen isn't necessarily in the lineup every day either. Same thing with Shohei Otani. Granted, he may be on the mound one day but not be able to hit, and then the vice versa. He may be able to hit but not carry as much value as a pitcher. Where does the two-way players fall into modern-day fantasy baseball? It's it's tough, and I think there is uh, still it, it's uh, waters that we are uncomfortable swimming in right now. And so I think that's why a lot of fantasy owners are simply thinking, you know what, I'm just going to let Otani be someone else's problem. So it's really a matter of how your uh, your league is set. If it's a daily league, it is so much easier to be able to uh, use somebody like uh, Otani and you just know when he's pitching and, and, and most likely when he's in the lineup and you can just adjust accordingly. And therefore, uh, th- th- that's when somebody like Otani is much more valuable in, in that type of format. A weekly league is a, it's a whole, it's a whole other animal. Um, I myself play in the NFBC where uh, the pitchers are, you can take them out once a week on Mondays, and hitters are twice a week changes, so Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Sunday. So if there's some, um, basically some rhythm where you know, for example, they're going to set up for Otani to pitch every Sunday, then I can just see who the opponent is and, and uh, upcoming opponents are and, and things like that. Um, and adjust my lineup accordingly. If I see, for example, uh, you know the Angels are playing the Rockies and they're going in a, in a interleague uh, series and they're going to to Coors Field, where we all know hitters mash. I'm absolutely getting Otani into my lineup at that point as a hitter. So I think there's some uh, nuances that we could take advantage of. Uh, and then somebody like Lorenzen, obviously he goes much much later in drafts and um, uh, doesn't have a uh, traditional role as even as a starting pitcher or reliever. He's you know sometimes a multi inning reliever may get some saves. So somebody like that is is even harder to take. He's somebody I would probably consider in a draft and hold format. So you know these are the drafts where you're locked with your roster all year. There's no free agent pickups all year. Somebody like Lorenzen is great because he can be eligible in both positions, and you can just basically based on matchups, can put him in as a hitter or as a pitcher. So let's move on to the Angels talk now. Again, like I mentioned, we're an Angels podcast. Um, Andrew Tell Simmons is not going anywhere in terms of shortstop uh, on the defensive side. But offensively, he has not been good. Um, he is a relatively expensive commodity, a great defensive player. But in terms of fantasy, defense doesn't necessarily give you a lot of fantasy points as a home run or a few base hits does. Do you think Andrew Tell Simmons can regain some of his fantasy value as a hitter this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's uh, somebody that has been 
fairly healthy over the course of his career, uh, with the exception of 2016. And then, of course, last year we only played 103 games. He's got a little bit of fantasy value. He's really cheap. I mean, this is somebody that uh, you're being able to get uh, after 350 overall. Um, and is somebody who I actually have been targeting in some leagues just because a healthy Simmons uh, is somebody that is a, a nice little deep league stash. Uh, you know, this is somebody that is can, can give you uh, low double digits home runs and stolen bases. Even in 103 games, he still sw- uh, stole 10 bags. Um, and he's done so at, at least four times in a row um, over the last four seasons. So uh, there's a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of value with him. Uh, but you're right. You know, there, it's sort of make or break time for him. And, and he's pretty much there for his defense. And at this point, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's on the wrong side of 30, I guess you could say. Shohei Otani struggled a little bit in a shortened spring. He batted about 105, which is horrible, and something you definitely don't want to see to start off the season. Of course, who knows, in a full spring, if he'd been able to shake off the rust and, and continue to bat well, or I should say reverse his uh, his current batting issues. But anyway, uh, and also, he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery, which is also a problem. What is Shohei Otani's fantasy value right now? He's struggling at the plate currently, and we're not even sure if he's going to see the mound this year. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a tough position to be in. I think uh, there's some value to knowing, uh, having some definity in terms of, is he going to be just a hitter this year? And then you can just draft him as such, and I think that's some, some really good value there. Uh, I don't tend to put too much stock into, uh, into some training results, and especially uh, now with a little bit of break here. But it might almost be easier if I knew that uh, Otani wasn't really going to pitch this year and just focus on hitting because he is a beast. Um, you know, in, in his short sample Sample size uh, with the Angels, he's absolutely mashed. He's done so in his career prior overseas. Uh, and so, I mean, right now his ADP is somewhere in the, uh, the 120, 130 range. Uh, and that's him, you know, as both pitcher and hitter. And I think there's absolutely some value here. There's a lot to like on this Angels team. Sounds to me, Vlad, that Shohei could be a great late-round addition. And jumping now, segueing, segueing beautifully into my next question, who could be a dark horse angel player to target in late rounds this year outside of Shohei Otani? Uh, is this hitter only? or uh, Either or. Uh, well, there's a couple of guys. The one guy that if you're, if you're in just a standard uh, 12-team league, then he may not be necessarily a target for you. But in deeper leagues... David Fletcher, because he does sort of work all over the place and all over the field, uh, in, in a lot of formats, he's eligible at four different positions. And having that type of flexibility, I think, is, uh, is really fantastic, and it's very helpful, especially in a draft-and-hold type of situation. So, obviously, he's not going to hit for a lot of power, but he's going to – I think he'll, he'll spend some time um, leading off, against, at least against lefties sometimes. And uh, I think there's some value there to, to help with your batting average. Outside of that, I've been drafting a lot of Dylan Bundy this year, and I know he's new to the team, uh, but I just think he can shave off a good, uh, you know, maybe half to a whole one off of that ERA that he had in Baltimore. These are completely different environments. It's a much better pitcher's park. Uh, he'll he'll face some easier opponents, and obviously he was a big time prospect nearly a decade ago. So I think he's got a lot of skill. I think that uh, unfortunately things have kind of, you know, affected the type of upside we can see, but I can expect 
a very nice half season from Dylan Bundy. I think Angel fans are going to be very happy with him. Dylan Bundy's another guy who had a really, really good spring. I agree 100%. I think he could really, outside of just fantasy, uh, just in general, I think Dylan Bundy is going to be a phenomenal addition to this rotation. And what we saw in spring, hopefully this break won't ruin that. But uh, there is a guy coming up soon named Joe Adele. And everybody, including myself and my co-host Jim Eisenacher, are extremely high on him. Once Joe makes the, the, the big league roster, which we're assuming maybe this year, what are we going to expect from him fantasy-wise? That's a good question. I mean, I, I certainly have my, uh, my fair share of Adele, and the good thing is uh, he started falling in drafts around February and March. Just, you know, again, just people being very hypersensitive to news and assuming that he probably wasn't going to start um, in late March, early April with the team and sort of have to work his way up. And also just knowing that, you know, he isn't quite a, uh, a finished product and he's so young and obviously he's got a lot of potential. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's uh, he's only 20 years old. And, um, you know, just that uh, those 27 games of AAA is really all the uh, AAA experience he has. So um, I think we're more looking for the future, maybe the year after. I really don't know um, what type of, uh, you know, what we'll expect or when he'll even be up with the team. Um, and I think in general, um, a lot of these guys, I'm, I'm curious where a lot of these rookies uh, on different teams, like if they're going to uh, end up making their appearances in this half season. Yeah, I'll kind of piggyback off of that. Um, just in general, I guess uh, off of the short season, are we going to see another good rookie class if this season is cut in half or even more? You know, a guy like Joe Adele or, uh, you know, Alex Verdugo, who hasn't necessarily seen a lot of time at the major league level. Uh, are we going to see uh, some of these these high-class rookies we're waiting on just wait one more year to get brought up? I, You know what? This is the one uh, thing that I, I just don't have a lot of clarity on, and I, and I wish I kind of knew better. We'll uh, we'll start to see when 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 things ramp back up in, in spring training. I think maybe somebody like a, a Dylan Carlson on the Cardinals, um, you know, first base outfielder, somebody that was already um, forcing his way onto the team. You you might see somebody like that in there, or maybe like the Padres saying, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna force it with uh, Mackenzie Gore and just right. bring him up for the half season. Um, somebody like Joe Adele, it might just make more sense, and it sucks for fantasy. But it might make more sense considering, you know, 33% strikeout rate in, in AAA last year and uh, uh, to maybe see him um, get some more seasoning in AAA, the fact that he's 20, and then just bring him back up for the following year because there is kind of a kind of a lost, not a fully lost season, but there is a lot lost with the fact that we lose a few months here. So um, I think Dell might be somebody that may be worth, uh, might be worth waiting on. So again, joined by Vlad Sedler of the Elite Fantasy Network. You can find him on Twitter at RotoGut. Vlad, i got two more questions for you. The first one, let's flash forward 10 years from now. So it's 2020 now. It's now 2030, April 1st, 2030. Who do you think will be the face of the MLB in 10 years? Man, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, so part of the problem is that even right now in 2020, sort of the, the not amazing job that MLB is doing with marketing, like it's almost as if we don't have a face, you know, like somebody like Mike Trout is not being advertised and put out there in the public eye as much as he should be. As a matter of fact, like Tim Tebow, who hasn't even played in the majors, is almost more popular in some ways as a baseball player, which is sad to say. Um, 10 years from now, we may not even know who that person is, may not even be on our radar right now. Um, but a lot of the guys like Joe Adele, who will be 30 at that time, um, is are going to be guys that are going to be um, in the mix for you know that face. Um, Juan Soto will only be 31 years old. Ronald Cunha will be 32. 
Uh, baseball's top prospect, Wander Franco, is yeah. uh, is going to be 29. He's only 19 right now. So I think those those four names and Vlad Guerrero are, are probably five guys that are going to be well into their careers. And there are probably some teenagers right now who are going to probably will be the guy that's the face of 2030. So I go, okay, I take that back. I actually have three questions now. Do you think we're going to see uh, Tim Tebow at the major league level at any time? Uh, I would I'm usually an optimist on things. I'm going to say no, uh, unless there's a, unless there's a team. I just don't think he's good enough. Uh, unless, and I hope he doesn't listen to, to the show. I hope he does. He you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just unless there's a team that wants to bring him up for uh, you know to, to boost business and, and ticket sales and things like that, maybe. Um, but I, I just uh, I just don't see it happening. Tim Tebow, if you are listening, it's at Roto Gut on Twitter. You can express your your dis- displeasement with Vlad Sedler on Twitter. But anyway, one more question for you, Vlad. Uh, right now, again, with what's going on, COVID nineteen, everybody's staying at home. Everybody's just waiting and waiting for baseball. They keep watching the same three World Series games on MLB Network. They are itching for fantasy baseball and baseball to start. What do you suggest? For those right now sitting at home listening to this show, maybe it's Tim Tebow also listening in. But what what do you? How does a fantasy player, a fantasy owner, itch that fantasy scratch right now with what's going on? And it's uh, I mean one of the ways is, is uh, to, to continue to draft, just having that confidence that uh, that we're going to make things right and that we'll have a half season of, of games and just figuring out who are the players that move up uh, and, and down the ADP. Uh, and then also just you know just start following people in the in the fantasy baseball community on Twitter. It's a very uh, very uh, welcoming, uh, very cool group, and you know a, a lot of fun things that we're doing. And in, in terms of just uh, uh, keeping each other entertained with uh, with different types of content, really good podcasts with interesting topics. Um, and, and then myself, I'm just you know myself also just watching um, MLB channel and, and getting as much uh, watching as many old old games as I can. So it's just keeping baseball in the brain, top of mind, and being confident and uh, hopeful that we're going to get it back soon. Well, Vlad, where can people go to, to uh, check out all your stuff? So, um, yeah, fantasyguru.com is part of the Elite Fantasy Network, and um, we uh, that, that's where all my writing is. Uh, so I've you know been playing uh, high-stakes fantasy sports for, uh, for, for over 15 years now, and I share a lot of my insights and, and help there over on fantasyguru.com, and my rankings are there as well. And then on Twitter, it's uh, at Rotogut, R-O-T-O-G-U-T. So uh, love to follow me, if, follow me and uh, let's talk baseball. Definitely go follow him on, on Twitter. Check out FantasyGuru.com. Vlad Sedler, thank you very much for taking the time to talk about some baseball. Hopefully we're going to have some actual games here soon. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.